The Spleen, a Pindaric Poem, by Anne Finch. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information and to learn how to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. What art thou, Spleen, which everything dost ape? Thou Proteus to abused mankind, who never yet thy real cause could find, or fix thee to remain in one continued shape. Still varying thy perplexing form, now a dead sea thou'lt represent, a calm of stupid discontent, then dashing on the rocks wilt rage into a storm, trembling sometimes thou dost appear, dissolved into a panic fear. On sleep intruding dost thy shadows spread, thy gloomy terrors round the silent bed, and crowd with boarding dreams the melancholy head. Or, when the midnight hour is told, and drooping lids thou still dost waking hold, thy fond delusions cheat the eyes, before them antic spectres dance, unusual fires their pointed heads advance, and airy phantoms rise. Such was the monstrous vision seen, when Brutus, now beneath his cares oppressed, and all Rome's fortunes rolling in his breast. Before Philippi's latest field, before his fate did to Octavius lead, was vanquished by the spleen. Falsely the mortal part we blame of our depressed and ponderous frame, which, till the first degrading sin let thee, its dull attendant in. Still, with the other did comply, nor clog the active soul disposed to fly, and range the mansions of its native sky. Nor, whilst in its own heaven he dwelt, whilst man his paradise possessed, his fertile garden in the fragrant east, and all united odors smelt. No arm sweets until thy brain could shock the sense, or in the face a flushed unhandsome color place. Now the jonquil overcomes the feeble brain. We faint beneath the aromatic pain, till some offensive scent thy powers appease, and pleasure we resign for short and nauseous ease. In every one thou dost possess, new are thy motions and thy dress. Now in some grove a listening friend thy false suggestions must attend. Thy whispered griefs, thy fancied sorrows here, Breathed in a sigh and witnessed by a tear, Whilst in the light and vulgar crowd Thy slaves more clamorous and loud By laughters unprovoked thy influence too confess. In the imperious wife thou vapors art, Which from overheated passions rise in clouds To the attractive brain, Until descending thence again through the overcast and showering eyes, upon her husband's softened heart. He the disputed point must yield, something resigned of the contested field, till lordly man, born to imperial sway, compounds for peace, to make that right away. And women, armed with spleen, do servilely obey. The fool, to imitate the wits, complains of thy pretended fits, and dullness born with him would lay upon thy accidental sway, 
because sometimes thou dost presume into the ablest heads to come, that often men of thoughts refined, impatient of unequal sense, such slow returns, where they so much dispense, retiring from the crowd, are to thy shades inclined. Or me, alas, thou dost too much prevail, I feel thy force, whilst I against thee rail. I feel my verse decay, and my cramped numbers fail. Through thy black jauntest I all objects see, as dark and terrible as thee. My lines decried, and my employment thought a useless folly, or presumptuous fault. Whilst in the muses' paths I stray, whilst in their groves and by their secret springs my hand delights to trace unusual things, and deviates from the known and common way, nor will in fading silks compose faintly the inimitable rose, fill up an ill-drawn bird, or paint on glass the sovereign's blurred and undistinguished face, the threatening angel, and the speaking ass. Patron thou art to every gross abuse, the sullen husband's feigned excuse, when the ill humour with his wife he spends, and bears recruiting wit and spirits to his friends. The son of Bacchus pleads thy power, as to the glass he still repairs, pretends but to remove thy cares, snatch from thy shades one gay and smiling hour, and drown thy kingdom in a purple shower. When the coquette, whom every fool admires, would in variety be fair, and changing hastily the scene from light, impertinent, and vain, assumes a soft and melancholy air, and her eyes rebates the wandering fires, the careless posture and the head recline, the thoughtful and composed face, proclaiming the withdrawal, the absent mind, allows the fop more liberty to gaze, who gently for the tender cause inquires, the cause, indeed, is a defect in sense, yet is the spleen alleged, and still the dull pretense. But these are thy fantastic harms, the tricks of thy pernicious stage, which do the weaker sort engage. Worse are the dire effects of thy more powerful charms. By thee, religion, all we know, that shouldst enlighten here below, is veiled in darkness, and perplexed with anxious doubts, with endless scruples vexed, and some restraint imply from each perverted text. Whilst touch not, taste not what is freely given, is but thy niggard voice, disgracing bounteous heaven, from speech restrained by thy deceits abused, to deserts banished or in cells reclused, mistaken votaries to the powers divine, whilst they a pure sacrifice design, do but the spleen obey, and worship at thy shrine. In vain to chase thee every art we try, in vain all remedies apply, in vain the Indian leaf infuse, or the parched eastern berry bruise. Some pass in vain these bounds, and nobler liquors use. Now harmony in vain we bring, inspire the flute, and touch the string. From harmony no help is had, music but soothes thee, 
if too sweetly sad, and if too light, but turns thee gaily mad. Though the physician's greatest gains, although his growing wealth he sees daily increased by ladies' fees, yet doth thou baffle all his studious pains. Not skilful lower thy source could find, or through the well-dissected body trace the secret, the mysterious ways by which thou dost surprise and prey upon the mind. Though in the search, too deep for human thought, with unsuccessful toil he wrought, till thinking thee to've catched, himself by thee was caught, retained thy prisoner, thy acknowledged slave, and sunk beneath thy chain to a lamented grave. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Read by Alan Davis Drake.